Hi, you're listening to Menachem's Musings. I'm Menachem Wolf, and here's today's podcast. Do you ever find yourself involved in something, in an activity, and fearful thoughts come up, or guilt driven thoughts, the sorts of thoughts that very quickly evolve into anxiety. I want to talk about that today. So I'm going to draw on a a couple personal examples that I think you might be able to relate to in one way or another. So I find that I'll be doing something that is important. It has meaning to me and it has purpose, but it's the sort of thing that doesn't naturally stimulate So this isn't like sitting at a sporting event or in a a train carriage where there's a lot of noise and bustle and action that really causes you to focus on all the noise and bustle. It's the sort of thing that, although it's important, it doesn't have as much of a naturally built-in stimulation. And therefore, it's very possible that you won't be focused as you're participating in that activity. So, for me, one such example is davening. And for those that don't know what davening is, davening is prayer. So, I'll be involved, I'll have the prayer book open, I'll have the sitter open, and I'll be davening. And it might be, it's exactly the same. I've experienced this and many other people have described the same thing when sitting down to meditate, to deliberately meditate. Or sitting in a meeting, it's an important meeting, or, or you're in a conversation with multiple people and it's, and it's an important conversation, or it's one that you want to be there for, but for whatever reason, you're not engrossed. So in all of these examples, they all have meaning and purpose. It's not like it's a boring activity, but the nature of that activity, and I'm sure you could come up with other examples, the nature of the activity is one that it doesn't demand Well, it'd be great if you could immerse yourself, but it doesn't demand naturally that you give it your full concentration. It doesn't hold your attention, I should say, naturally. I think that would be better. It doesn't hold your attention. So what happens is I'll be involved in uh, this sort of uh, um, setting. I'll be davening. So I'll be sitting there. It's usually in the morning davening. And the mind does do different activities throughout the day. And the morning is a particularly, uh, it can be quite a challenging time, which I suppose is why the great uh, mystic, the Arizal, who lived 500 years ago, he encouraged his students actually to do their meditation before the town would wake up. So they lived in northern Israel in Sfat. And he would encourage his students to, to go through their meditations very early in the morning. Because at that time of the day, or (laughs) before the day even began, people are sleeping. And as a result, the energy in the town is very calm and still. And so even if you're in a quiet uh, room, even if you're in a quiet building, if the environment around that building is chaotic and hectic, that actually can impact um, delicate situations like meditation. So prayer would fit into that as well. So... I'll, I'll find myself uh, um, reading the, the prayer book, reading the Siddha, and uh, I tune in to myself, and it's like I'm running a race. It's like 
It's not a race, actually. I'm, I'm moving at that pace, but it's like I'm running from something. Or I'm running to something. I'm like running to the end of the davening. Or I'm running from something during the davening. It's like there's a, a wild beast chasing me or I need to get through this because there's something urgent that requires my attention and I need to get through this hurdle of meditation or hurdle of prayer, hurdle of this conversation, whatever it is. It's, it's suddenly, although it has purpose, in this moment it's an abstraction to... And that too will be whatever has presented itself in my mind, a fearful thought. For others, it might be guilt. For me, it's more often than not fear-oriented, and that fear quickly, quickly manifests into an anxiety. And so, what are my fears? Fears are not the same as things that are important. So, as as a a leader of a not-for-profit, of a community... Of course, I'm going to have fears around money. I'm going to have fears around employment, uh, um, output. Are we doing enough? Uh, uh, Has this been finished? Has that been finished? Is this person uh, on time? Uh, Are things happening in a a sufficient way? What if? What if? What if? All those sorts of fears, some of which are rational, some of which are irrational. And I'll tune into myself, and either I'm racing in the davening, I'm pounding pages, I'm, I'm reading 50 words a second, I'm just flipping pages, and before I know it, I might be halfway done. And I have not been at all aware of the actual davening. I've got my prayer shawl, I've got my talus on, I've got my black straps, my tefillin on, and I've got the sitter in my hand, and of course I've got an awareness of that, but I'm not actually aware of the words I've just read or the words I've just recited, just as people will experience this in a meditation. Suddenly they tune in and they're breathing and they're breathing quickly and they're in a quiet room and they're in the position, they're in the posture, but they are flying. And what I'll do when I discover that is I might just, I've got a number of different techniques, but one that often gets employed is I'll just say out loud, no, no. This is not how it's going to happen. Or, no, this is not what's going to be. Now, I'm not talking to the broader uh, um, fears. I'm addressing the moment of fear itself and the anxiety and the stress that I'm suddenly experiencing. Because I have value. As I started this podcast, I, I place a very real value on my davening. It's not something I do because I have to do it. It's a necessary, uh, it's a necessary task, like putting on shoes. No, I, I've, I've sat down to Daven, like you might with meditation, or you might be out socially with friends. You've deliberately done this because you want to. But because it doesn't uh, um, capture you, it doesn't capture your imagination, other things have. And what ha- what's happened is... This negative thinking, which is coming from a very deep place, that uh, um, a deep force within that actually wants to derail us because there's a part of us that wants to prevent us from the productive spiritual activities that we participate in. And so what it is, is it sends up this signal and it throws up these thoughts. And I don't know if you've ever watched the cartoon um, Inside Out where it's captured. It's a children's cartoon. It's, 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 it's very good. 
I mean, it's built on a more Zen uh, um, and Buddhist set of uh, philosophies, but the imagery is, is quite cool. Like the different elements within the mind and within the subconscious that literally throw up thoughts. They throw these balls up. Anyway, so I'll be already well into my race. I'll be well into running through my forest being chased by these fears or racing out of this forest so I can address whatever it is that's uh, uh, frustrating me. And so what this no, no, it's not going to happen is, it's like me turning around and facing the fear and it dissolves. I'm saying no, 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 not no, this is not important, not no, this is not scary. No, I'm not going to be scared right now because this whole fear this whole uh, anxiety process is actually false. It's not real. In that, it's not a real fight or flight. There is nothing that I'm fighting and there's nothing that I'm flighting. Because now is not the time that I will address it or can address it. I mean, I can't address financial concerns. I can't address productivity. I can't address community needs at this particular moment. I don't have my phone on me. I'm wrapped up in a talisman tefillin. I'll get in my car after. I'll take care of it then. But right now, it's not real. And therefore, this uh, anxiety is actually not a real anxiety. There's no real dinosaur in front of me threatening me. I have conjured up, or somewhere deep within, a, a dinosaur has been conjured up, and before I knew it, it was chasing me. So I invite you to do this as well. You, you find yourself in this race and, and literally like you might find that you're, you're almost short of breath. Like there's this tension in your chest. You say, no, no, right now I have something else. Right now I am involved in something that I want to do. I want to daven. I want to be sitting with my friends. I want to be meditating. I ascribe real value. I don't need to convince myself of it. I'm, I'm doing it because I believe it. If, if you're a person that's doing something and you're trying to convince yourself that it's important, that's a whole other thing. I'm talking about that we have this natural, uh, we have this, this built-in belief that what, I'm do, what we are doing at this moment, what I'm doing at this moment is of meaning and purpose. I've just become very distracted to the point that I'm, in a forest, running from fears or running out of this moment so I can tackle the, the, these fears. And when I say no, and, and when I say, I say no, I mean I verbally say, I'll be in a quiet room, and I just say, no, no, this is not happening. This is not happening right now. This, I know what's going on here. And that's the next step. I know what's going on here. And so I draw on the metaphor that Rabbi Shnazam of Liadi, a great mystic, a great scholar who lived in the old country in, in, uh, in Russia, Belarus, that area of the world, uh, uh, over two centuries ago. And he wrote a text called the Tanya, which I refer to all the time. And he describes the wrestling match between um, someone who is uh, fit but sluggish, tackling someone who may not be as fit but is very alert. And so I have this image of this wrestling match, uh, and, and, and it's literally blow for blow. There are punches to the head tank place, and I know what's going on. When I say no, that is me throwing a very accurate punch. I may not be super strong. 
I fall over. I, I become distracted. I do. But at this moment, I am not letting my opponent have a free punch, a free knock at my head. So when I say no, I'm turning around to, to my internal wrestling partner and I'm throwing one. And what I find is that when I have that visualization, when I have that realization, when I call out no and I've called the bluff, I've called the falseness of this situation, I've called the falseness of this anxiety, it dissipates. It evaporates. And I take a deep breath in and I let it go and I refocus my eyes so that I'm reading the sitter. Because remember, this happens to me often when I'm dabbling. So I'm reading the sitter. You know, sometimes you'll read, be reading a, an article on your phone or in a newspaper or magazine or, or a book and suddenly you've read like three pages and like, I've no idea what I've just read. And so you've got to go back. So I do that. I don't go back because... I'll just I'll tell you parenthetically, the Baal Shem Tov, who, who lived two generations before the Alter Rebbe, he, he speaks about, particularly in prayer, that more often than not, most sections of prayer, you don't need to go back if you weren't intentional when you were reading the words. And he says to go back and reread it may be a problem because you're denying that everything has a purpose. And unless it's a particular component that, from a Jewish tradition point of view, requires intention, in which case you do have to go back, he says don't go back. Because even when you were in that distracted phase, even when you were reading almost aimlessly, there was some sort of reason and purpose. And to go back would be to deny that there's infinite meaning and, and reason for what is and for the way it came to be. Anyway, that's just parenthetical. So I don't go back because I, I follow that teaching of the Baal Shem Tov, unless it's something that I needed to. So, but I refocus my eyes. And because I, I do the prayers every day, I know what each paragraph's about. So even if I refocus, I kind of in my mind have caught up to where I am. I've got the context. And I just find I'm breathing slower. And this is like, you know, any basic breathing exercise when, when you do meditation, it's the same thing. I'm breathing slower and calmer, and I'm reading the words with interest. And those scary thoughts... Those, those, those drivers of fear and anxiety, they're not coming back because I've called it out. And, I, and I've, it's, I've almost stationed like a little uh, um, uh, sentry, a, a, a soldier there, a, a guard post. Like, I'm on the lookout. Like, you try, you try sneaking up on me like that again, I'm not letting you in. I'm not letting you in because I know that this is not real. I know these fears are not real. I know I can address them later. And I know I will probably get anxious about them later, but right now, I'm actually interested in reading the sitter. Right now, I am meditating. Right now, I am sitting with friends, or whatever the example that you've got is. And I read. And then something else happens. Because remember, this is a bit of a wrestling match. I start feeling good about it. Proud of myself. In fact, this podcast was born out of the next uh, um, punch. What happens is, I'm feeling good. Like, hey, that's a good teaching. That's a good podcast idea. I'm going to share this with. And before I know it, I'm recording the podcast in my mind. But this time, I'm, I'm not running. I'm 
relaxing in a beautiful thought, a very distracting thought. And and so the 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 next punch is actually not one of anxiety, it may be one of joy and pleasure. But it's equally geared towards distracting me from what I'm supposed to be doing, what I've intentionally set out to do. But because I'm I'm ready for this, because I've already called out no, I don't need to yell out no. Because I this is this it's easier to get up from a um a deck chair on the beach than it is to run out of a scary forest. So I just casually put a stop to it. I will record this as a podcast, or I will follow up this great idea, but not now. And some actually, some teachers have have told me in the past, just quickly jot it down, but I I actually don't do that because I have a million thoughts a minute. So uh, there's no point me jotting down every good idea because I'll just have notebooks and notebooks of ideas. And the other thing is that for me, jotting something down will often stimulate further creativity and so before I know it, I'm jotting it down and I'm, and I'm brainstorming when I should be in my davening. So for me, writing things down, unless it's really urgent that, that, or really important and I know I'm going to forget it, I don't jot it down. Only in those extreme uh, rare situations that, I'm, I'm, uh, that it's important that I do. But I know. I know myself. And so these easier thoughts are easier to dismiss. And I do so, and I refocus my eyes, put my finger back on the page, and I come back to the words, knowing full well that this is going to happen again and again and again over the days, over the weeks, over the months of my life. And I accept that. I can't fight that reality. That's who I am. That's who we all are. We all have the internal wrestling match. And we just need to be ready for it. And we have to be uh, aware enough to know what it is when it presents and to yell out the no, this isn't going to happen right now, if that's what it takes. Or to smile at the sneaky style of using joyful distraction to take you away from this activity of purpose. And just the last word. It's a bit of a red herring, but an important point to make. Of course, if I prepared for my davening in a different manner, if I set out on the journey with greater intention, it's possible that it wouldn't get to this intense stage. But like most things that, are, that have become good habits in our life, often we're not as intentional. And we can have a whole other conversation about the importance of intention and setting intentions. And we should. Yeah, we should. But we don't always. And so this is really a practical response to a very common reality. So I wish you good luck with uh, calling out the distraction. And um, share with me, write to me, if there's, a, if there's anything that you felt this was helpful with or techniques or ideas that you find helps and if you have any other subjects that you want me to cover or address go into the description check out the email and uh write until then see you later